Welcome to Catching Them All, the podcast where two wildlife lovers try to see as many critters as possible. We hope you enjoy the stories we share and get just as excited about wildlife as we do. No critters were actually caught during the making of these episodes. my very favorite listener, James, my husband, who has a really cool listener story that he's been holding out on me. (laughs) Uh, Go for it. Well, I don't know about holding out, but I don't know, it's just interesting. We were talking about like cool pictures that were featured in Virginia wildlife and stuff. And one of them was about a praying mantis that was eating a hummingbird. And it's pretty wild that that could happen, but... Um, it's interesting that my parents always had a hummingbird feeder in the back of their house and there were a bunch of persimmon trees behind the house and the hummingbirds would go hang out there all the time. But coincidentally, I have seen a praying mantis eating a hummingbird in the trees behind the house before. (laughs) So I don't know. I think it's really cool that that was captured, uh, in film, you know, for Virginia Mm -hmm. wildlife before, but that was a very bizarre thing to actually see happen. Um, in person, and I never thought, I thought it was just something so unique that I'm sure that no one else had ever seen it before, but yeah, the fact that it was actually captured, you know, in a magazine, and I saw it afterwards was just really cool. That's really cool. Sweet. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for that. Yeah, and that's super interesting. Yeah. It was really wild, though. <laughs> totally. You never think about, like, such a slow, methodical you know, they look like little alien monsters. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, yeah, so slow and methodical and mm-hmm. actually capturing something you think of being so quick and yeah. fast. But, you know, the hummingbirds need to land in the tree and I guess something just sits there and... So was it on the hummingbird feeder or in the persimmon tree? It was just in the persimmon tree because they would go wow. and they've, you know how hummingbirds fight all the time. Mm-hmm. They were like fighting and they would go like rest in the tree and they'd come back to the feeder and they'd fight and they'd like rest in the tree. Mm-hmm. And they would do that over and over again. And somewhere in there, a pregnant mantis caught I one. guess it was just hanging out, <laughs> waiting for something to come yeah. by and just got a little too close. Mm-hmm. As yeah. you know, they're great at camouflage, so mm-hmm. I'm sure it was just sitting there looking like a little green leaf or a branch. And yeah. <laughs> just got him. I didn't see the moment it was happening, but he was just sitting there noshing on Hummingbird, which was really crazy. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Well, thanks for that. Um, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is Courtney and James signing out from the makeshift fort that we just built in our living room. We. Meaning a blanket we threw <laughs> over our heads. <laughs> All right. Now on to the rest of the episode. Yeah. Hi, I'm Courtney. Hi, I'm April. What's up, April? And this is Catching Them All. Hey. <laughs> hey. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I um. My brain is already in Mexico, so I'm going to Mexico soon. My brain is literally already there. Oh, my Um, gosh. I'm so excited for you. I am going to Panama in November, but I got my passport yesterday in the mail. ah! I jumped up and down like a child at Christmas. I was so excited. I just literally, like, ran in the house and squealed and 
Sadie, my little dog, was looking at me like, uh, cool. (laughs) (laughs) What is this noise, mom? You always tell me to stop barking. Uh. Yeah. (laughs) I had a little barking fit for sure. Oh my gosh. Well, and I, um, I did it like a couple of weeks ago, but I subscribed to the eBird alerts for, Mm. um, Quintana Roo, Uh you know, just so I could start really getting in the groove. And I'll tell you what, I like every day I'm like, I think I'm pretty much guaranteed to see a chakalaka. And I just am really excited about that. What's Um, a chakalaka? Oh, okay. Here we go. A chak. Well, of course it's a bird. I just dropped you a link. But anyways, you can see it. It's not that. there. And this, so this is the plain chakalaka. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not even that. It's that, like, it's not very colorful. Um, it is decent in size. But I'm really. Ooh, yeah. Just. It looks like a young chicken. Oh, that's fair. You yeah, know? like a poulet yeah. or something. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. Yeah, I'm That's pretty cool. sure there is, like, another type of chakalaka that has, like, a really magnificent name because it's more colorful. But there's also, <laughs> like, I keep seeing, like, sightings of a banana quit, and I'm like, well, um, that sounds fun. So you can How look up cool. a banana quit. All these are things that I, of course, haven't seen, right? But now I'm just, like, right, yeah. marking the list of, like, well, I must see you, I must see you, I must see you. Um, yeah, yeah. Listen, I saw a post on Instagram about jaguar sightings. And I was just like, I'm kind of scared, but I'm also kind of ready for it. Yeah, totally. That's super exciting. So, fingers crossed? I think so. I think... Cool. You've listened to enough Tooth and Claw to prepare you for any sort of large Have you listened to the one about jaguars, though? (laughs) Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, because I was going to say, those seem like at least the quickest death. Like, they seem to just, like, <laughs> chomp your skull immediately. Maybe I'm thinking of the wrong one, because I was thinking of somewhere the people survived. I don't <laughs> remember any where the people survived. Maybe just, I, like, one with a girl. Yeah. I don't know. Like, a young Wait, girl. I guess I need to re-listen, because I'm Maybe probably I remembering wrong. I just really remember them being like, yeah, you usually don't have any warning about the jaguar. And then all of a sudden it's like eating your head. Um, (laughs) um, Which a normal human being would then be mortified and be like, I will not go into the jungle. But I'm like, if this is how I die, it's how I die. Um, I feel like I said that to someone pretty recently. I was like, I don't know. I love animals. Like if it has to be that way. (laughs) I'm like, I'm I'm mostly, I'm kind of like, I, I'm more like, am I nutritious enough for you? I like... You're, you've probably got a lot of lean muscle going. Uh, yeah, you are. yeah. Thank yeah. you for that. That I needed that little um, boost. I'm mostly like grass-fed, so I don't know. Maybe like... <laughs> I feel like grass-fed is lean, right? Yeah. We like to eat grass-fed things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm plant-based for the most part, so I don't know. That's yeah. probably good for... Yeah, oh, I just would worry about um, all the anti-anxiety meds in my system, right? Like, it's going to be like, it's going to be like, whoa. It's going to be the most chill out. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Well, so I'm not there yet, but I I have another animal for us to talk about for a Sounds of Summer mini-sode. Mm-hmm. 
And I think I approached you a couple weeks ago with this because I was actually like traumatized with yeah. sadness. I think um, it put you in a state for it, like a couple of weeks. It did. I yeah. I was in a, a mood, like a, mm-hmm. a, a mourning. I was in mourning. I was in, I was going through the diff- these different phases um, from mourning to activism to what could else could I research? How yeah. can I better communicate? Like, I really was like, there must be something more that I as an individual can do um, to raise awareness for this issue. And yeah, well, now we have this platform. So, so there you go. So little steps. There we are. So, so I'm buckle gonna, up. This is going to be a super fun one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my best. Um, so for this sound of summer, because it is August and summer mm-hmm. is quickly disappearing, I am going to kick off our sound with this bit of audio. Are you ready? What is that awful sound, Courtney? Ugh, it's a lawnmower. It is a lawnmower, and it depresses me. Um, I'm a renter, world. I'm a renter. I am a millennial that am not an elder enough millennial to warrant purchasing a house. I am the, the yeah, I feel you. I'm in the lower echelon of millennials that may never own their own home. So um, I rent. Yep. <laughs> Which is also like on a shared property with the owner, and I swear they mow their lawn twice a week. It's so infuriating, isn't it? It also disturbs my peace. I'm like, I just Ex- don't well, understand. It like starts with that, and then because I, I'm also a renter, and I live in a neighborhood, and my next door neighbor, I kid you not, leaf blows his, oh. his. His non-lawn. So he's got, like, a super fancy, like, super green, perfect lawn in front. But in the back, I think he just hates weeds so much that he, like, paved over everything. So it's just, like, this brick patio is his entire backyard. And I swear he leaf blows it at least two times every single day. I hate it. And it's it's an awful noise, but I'm also, like... Oh, this is so bad for everything. And it's so infuriating. Why do you do this? Why do you care about doing this constantly? It's just awful. Anyway, I digress. It is. No, you don't digress because (laughs) it is awful. And it's not just awful because of the sound. And like, I just, I'm not a huge fan of like anthropogenic sound anyways, like human created noise. I mm-hmm. I just dislike. I mean, I I'm a yeah. curmudgeon. Not a fan of that like city noise. No, I don't yeah. even like people's loud cars. Right? Like I'm yeah. like y'all. Mm-hmm. Could you please, um, not? I like mufflers, man. Just get out of here with your like removal of the muffler. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't need that in my life. Um, Agreed. Okay, so. More than just that, um, I think both you and I are real advocates for, like, it is not great habitat. Like, a mm-hmm. clear, mowed lawn does not support an ecosystem. So, right. 
I dislike that. But then let me set the stage, right? So not only am I already kind of like sensitive this summer to mowing um, from the constant mowing of just this lawn. And it's not even just like a little suburban lawn. It is mm-hmm. acres, which I'll just never mm-hmm. understand. The, what the, And I'm not trying to be offensive to anyone out there with a lawn. I'm really not trying to like be aggressive towards you. But I just, I personally don't understand someone's sense of beauty in say you have like two acres of land Mm -hmm. and all of it is clear cut grass Mm -hmm. mode um with not a tree on your property i don't yeah i don't understand it i i agree i don't see it either i don't see it at all so i live in this rural space um the road that i live on I'm pretty sure the entire road ranges, um, changes miles per hour from 15 to max 25 at any given spot Mm. because it's so curvy Mm -hmm. and it's so hilly. Um, but the fools around here drive like 50 miles per hour on it. So I'm never going to walk my dogs on this road, nor will I probably ever like walk or run on this road. Um, Mm -hmm. because that would be the death of me. Um, (laughs) And I'm okay dying by law uh, by Jaguar, but not by speeding not. <laughs> vehicle. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so what I do is I take my doggos across the street um, mm-hmm. to another property that has given me permission to walk my dogs on their property. So they have mm-hmm. um, hay fields, mm. and it's about like. Gosh, I don't know how much acreage it is, but let's just say um, I think it is about a three-quarter of a mile loop that I can mm-hmm. do around the hay fields. Uh-huh. Um, so I spend a lot of time, like, walking around these. And when did you learn that there are birds that nest in grasses? Um, I feel like it honestly wasn't all that long ago. Yeah. Um, I mean... I don't know. It's just not something that I had ever thought about until, I don't know, like the last 10 years, maybe. Um, My first real realization was one time my dad actually came up to mow my grass because I had to mow my grass at one of the places that I lived because Mm -hmm. of the landlord. Um, But this is when I lived in pretty rural Stanton. And... um, he actually stopped because he saw a killdeer nest like mm-hmm. in the grass and like mowed a huge like patch around it so that nobody would touch I that part. But love that. Yeah. Oh, that warms my heart. And I give a lot of people um at least the benefit of the doubt, right? Because mm-hmm. unless you're in our profession or you're in kind of like this space of like continual learning and environmental awareness. I mean, Mm -hmm. these just aren't things that you spend time dwelling over, right? Like we all have things going on in our lives that, um, and this is, I guess why you and I exist so that we can be like, Oh, but let's not forget (laughs) about these tiny things. Um, so I think just a lot of people don't even consider that there are critters like that actually Mm -hmm. need tall grasses to survive. Um, yeah. And grasslands, which like a hay field would be considered like a grassland, um, mm-hmm. hay fields and grasslands are like the 
greatest declining type of habitat, I believe, in our country, right? Like there mm-hmm. are, there's mm-hmm. much more awareness about protecting forests, about protecting waterways, and pr- even protecting wetlands than there yeah. are about, you know, our grassland habitats are mm-hmm. pretty much like eradicated from a lot. I can, under- I can understand that. I think in my head, like, if you see a wild grassland, people are like, oh, that's just unused welcome space for me. I don't have to chop down any trees. It's so yeah. easy to transform this into like pasture land or farm, like agricultural, like for corn or, you know, soybeans or whatever. Or a subdivision so, or, or a subdivision. Whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, and that is likely a really big part of it. Um, mm. I feel like there's just, there's now the grasslands that are probably persisting. I should fact check Mm -hmm. the acreage um, before I show up today, but here I am. I think a lot of the grassland that is existing, at least in the state of Virginia, are either Mm -hmm. very intentionally managed or Mm -hmm. on like um, like public lands and very intentionally managed wildlife habitat spaces, or they're a part of like cattle pastures. Um, I, Mm -hmm. I really feel like there has to be like an intentionality about it. Um, yeah, because again, so much emphasis is put on like, well, we must plant trees. We need to grow back the forest. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to hate on trees. Um, but, <laughs> we but love trees. Are, we do love trees. I hug <laughs> trees when I see them. Sometimes I see a particularly good tree and I'm like, you deserve a hug. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Have you ever seen the angel oak in, uh, Charleston, South Carolina? It's close to Charleston. Um, I have not seen that particular tree, but I have been it's to It's a Charleston. big tree. And I have seen what I would consider like it's um it's brethren, if re- if uh-huh. you will. So maybe, uh-huh. um, but I right, think like I have a picture of me hugging it though. <laughs> as you should. So there you go. As yeah. you should. Um, so yeah. So and again, um, as birds that require grasses to nest, not that they're collecting it, but they're literally yeah. ground nesters, like you mentioned of that kill deer. Um, mm-hmm. And they just like weave precious little nests in the grasses. So my story is about this hayfield getting mowed Mm -hmm. more frequently than I feel it should have been. Mm -hmm. Um, So I am walking my dogs and it's one of these days. I think at this point it is the second or third time that they had mowed their hay field mm-hmm. in the season and it was one of those things that I was like actually kind of monitoring in my mind right like I was kind of like okay one was in May but maybe like that's birds are still like arriving and getting into nesting grooves so that's fine but then they did it like right at the end of June and I was like oh that's okay I'm not sure I don't know all the dates but I feel like that's that's right in like breeding season. I don't know. And then they mowed it again like a couple of weeks later. And like this is the day I'm walking. And as I come around, so right, like this hayfield actually has one um, dirt-ish road that goes in between it yeah. that leads to where they keep um, all their equipment and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And on this road, I see a tiny little sparrow. And I'm like, huh, I wonder what sparrow that is, right? Like, um, there are plenty of sparrows that I don't know. Sparrows are, like, 
to me, some of the hardest birds to they identify. Are. They uh, really are. Oh my gosh. Um, but I was already like concerned about the meadowlarks. I don't know about you, but meadowlarks have a yeah. very special place in my heart. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're awkward and gorgeous. And I was, they're mm-hmm. one of the species that's declining due to lower grassland habitats. And so yeah. I was all, always like, oh, what about the meadowlarks? No. Yeah. And then as I see the sparrow, I'm like, huh. And then I feel like I hear it call and I'm like, I don't actually know that call. I've been thinking that call was an insect, like mm. all summer long, all summer yeah. long. And I'm like, I think that's a grasshopper sparrow. So Aww. I rush my dogs back and I grab my camera and I grab my binoculars and I bring my phone just so I can make sure I have the call right. And it was, and it was these Aww. two little grasshopper sparrows that I normally hear deep in the grasses um, yeah. thinking they're insects. And now that everything is mowed, they're just on this path like, so where do I go? Yeah. You know, and I'm anthropomorphizing. But, like, I can just imagine if you're an adult animal, no matter, almost no matter what species, right? Like sands, some insects, and then reptiles and such. Um, and you've been nesting somewhere. When that mm. gets destroyed, you're either calling to be like, okay, where, where is everybody? What is the habitat and, or do we got to start over? Right. Like, are my, are my offspring here? Maybe it mowed over my eggs, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And it just trapped, it just broke my heart. Yeah. It just broke my heart. Um, so I wanted to talk about some of the grassland bird species that we should strive to do a little bit better job managing human habits to give them a little bit more of a chance. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about that. So what other grassland bird species do you know about, Courtney? Oh, man. I feel on the spot. I think, I think the first one I think of is like meadowlarks and like field sparrows. Right? Okay, like, yes, good. To Perfect. Me. Field sparrows. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Field sparrows Yay. are one. Um, so actually I didn't pull that one up, but let's do let's play musical grasslands. Um, Can I say that I think field sparrows are so cute. They look like they have the little like anime like cheeks. Do you know what I'm oh, talking about? Yes, it's like these they have pinkish, the cute like, little, little rosy like, cheeks. Yes. Oh, they are so cute. They really do. They have a nice little field sparrows have like a nice little rufous cap, those little mm-hmm. rosy cheeks, a, a pretty yeah. pink bill. And then mm-hmm. um Courtney, could you could you tell their sound? Like would you be able to repeat their call in any sort of way? Probably not, no. Oh, okay, I tried. All right, I'm going to play <laughs> their call real quick. What do you think of that? What do I think it sounds like? Yes, what do you think it sounds like? I'm hearing like, hey, hey, butter, 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 butter. Oh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I can stop it now. Um, I like that. Um, I hear them... Or I hear it described as almost like someone dropping a ping pong ball. And then, like, it's mm-hmm. like the ping pong ball is, like, stopping. Like, right? Like, it's like ding, ding, oh, ding, yeah. ding. Um, mm-hmm. Which, yours sounds better to me. 
I like yours more. So field sparrows, you nailed it. They are actually a species listed as steep decline. Um, So all about birds and Cornell University tell us that between 1966 and 2015, um, they've declined 2% per year with a total like cumulative decline of 69%. Um, So I feel in perspective to some other of the birds that we're gonna talk about, grassland birds, um, I do hear an okay amount of them, um, Mm -hmm. but this even states, right? Like grassland habitat protection efforts from the Conservation Reserve Program funded through the Farm Mm -hmm. Bill has really helped these species and it helps other grassland species too. Um, Mm -hmm. okay. So I guess I'm going to take a step back and describe the grasshopper sparrow, which I didn't, I should have started with that. This is my, um, (laughs) this is my iconic species of this story. So I feel like I probably should talk about the grasshopper sparrow. Um, (laughs) I like that they have really long legs here. Let me send this to you so you can look at it because they do really, to me, they seem to have, which I would imagine this is a lot of our grassland species have kind of longer legs um, mm-hmm. because they are maneuvering yeah. all these grasses. And it's a fairly drab little spirit. Why are you giggling? Um, I, the middle picture where its mouth is open yes. and it's calling. Yes. It's so silly. Um, and these It's are, adorable, though. They're, they're adorable and they're tiny. Yeah. Like, this is a yeah. small sparrow. Um, mm-hmm. And I think... The most, they're drab, like their breast is drab. They look, they, yeah. they look like a sparrow, right? Like they have very right. nondescript um, markings on their back. I think the most yeah. precious part is that they almost have this kind of yellowish orange right on their mm-hmm. face, right? Like it's almost yeah. like they put on the type of eyeshadow where it goes like above and below the eye, right? Like, you know, how right, some people yeah. do under that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's. It's very just petite and tinted yellow in some places. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to play their sound. Okay. I can hear why you thought that was an insect originally. Absolutely. Right. So it's, um, it's also one of those things where, again, I feel like I keep wanting to do like the sound, sound tests of like what pitches you mm-hmm. hear at each age. Oh, yeah. Because I'm like, I bet there's a certain demographic that cannot hear this at all. It could be, yeah. Um, so it kind of sh- sounds like popping like a bottle, you know? Oh, like the first part, and then it yes. sounds like a little insect. Yeah. Um, this descriptor, right? Like, it says, tick, tick, peas as like the mm-hmm. mnemonic. Tick, tick, peas yeah. which I can see that. Because mm-hmm. um, what is it they say? <laughs> in Sawbones where he's like, rip it and grip it. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> for when he pops a can open. Um, but I'm not sure exactly what it's celebrating either because also in steep decline. Um, so, again, this American bird survey that we're going to reference for each of these is from that 1966 mm-hmm. to 2015 range. Um hmm the grasshopper sparrow has seen a 72% decline in their population over that period. Um, Mm -hmm. So another kiddo to watch out for. Um, Let's see. Well, I have a set of these earrings. (gasps) Oh, that could be so many things, April. That's true. That's true. Um, (laughs) All right. Um, So 
I would like to jump on over to the gorgeous blonde helmet wearing <gasps> white shoulder barred on a black body cutie patootie that is the bobo link i thought okay okay based on your description i was like i think it's a bobo link God. i'm very proud of myself you nailed it you nailed it how else would you add any descriptors to the bobo link or did i did i do it all right i you made it sound <laughs> so like ready for the red carpet (laughs) yeah no you uh, the little blonde cap is so funny it is great so funny it's yeah it's almost interesting to me how sharp the edges are on it like it's almost like a right (laughs) angle right where it's like let's put a right angle of yellow on the back of this it looks like it it looks like it has a bad haircut like a bowl cut (laughs) oh and yet it's gorgeous so it is it's beautiful Yes. Um, And this, of course, has a special place in my heart because I love Blackbirds. This is in the Blackbird Mm -hmm. family. Um, So let's go ahead and play your little song, friend. I just like that it has so much to say. It has a lot to say in a really short amount of time. (laughs) And it's like, ah, I'm going to say 12 things at once. So maybe it's my spirit animal. Maybe it is. This is why you're so connected. I'm so, so connected. Um, And then, so these are actually Bobo Links, um, which is almost surprising to me. And maybe that's just because they do tend to breed a little bit north of Virginia. So it's not as common for Bobo Links to stay around over here. They usually migrate Mm. through and then breed further north. Mm Mm-hmm. But they are considered, like, a species to watch. Um, they mm-hmm. have declined about 56% yeah. in that time frame, wow. 1966 um, to 2015. So they're a bird to watch. Um, this says mm-hmm. main reason is land use and loss of meadows and hay fields. So, um, again, yeah. we are, we're talking grasses, friends. Um, all right, I'm going to give you a chance just to say, can you think of any other grassland birds? What about a butcher bird? You know what butcher a butcher bird, bird is. Like, yes, I do. The, um, uh, what is it called? A loggerhead shrike? Yes! You nailed it. You nailed yes. it. See, yes. I knew you had it in there. Man, I actually, one of the first days at my new job, I was telling some coworkers about the loggerhead shrike and how cool they are. They are the... And they were like, oh, <laughs> We have a bird that does that? And I was like, yeah, it's rad. Isn't it rad? Like, the raddest. Um, I, and I fear that they are practically extirpated from the state of Virginia. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think I have heard that recently. um, So, this bird is so cool. Um, It is a songbird that acts like a bird of prey right like it Mm -hmm. is hunting fairly large prey like little mice and Mm -hmm. bulls and lizards and some big grasshoppers and things because there are big insects out there but like it has this curved beak um it's mostly whitish gray white white throat black on its tail a little black on its wings um primaries and such and this awesome black mask Mm-hmm. Right. And this hooked beak for all it's murdering um, because yeah. <laughs> people do call it the butcher bird. Because why? Because it kills its prey 
right? But then it doesn't have, like, I think its feet aren't super evolved for like holding on to the prey. And so they will take their prey and put it on like a thorn or like a, like a stick or something on a tree and like post it up to a tree so that they can then eat it. Yes. So they can pick it apart. They can like let it decay and get even more like squishy. Yeah. And easier to tear apart. Um, Yeah. So like barbed fencing is really great Mm. for the butcher bird. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. And locust, locust trees mm-hmm. with those big, um, I think, oh, is it, right, yes. which one is it? The honey or the black locust that's thorny? Do you know? Oh, I think it's the honey locust. Yeah. I'll look this up. I think I'm so pretty too. sure. Um, but yeah, those are great for skewering, um, prey. And then yeah. of course I found one. Um, I actually got to see one carrying. I actually have a picture. It's kind of blurry, but I have a picture from California of one carrying a lizard in a palm tree. Uh, And then it was too far away uh, to get any more pictures, but I definitely saw it land on like a cactus. And I was like, yes. Oh, Um, cool. So they're really cool. Let's see what they I've never seen one, but (gasps) they seem like a really, really awesome bird. Gas. Well, yeah. and it would be hard. I know. Um, we should go on a trip to Florida someday. Yeah. Because I do feel like they're faring better in Florida. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's go on a road trip. Okay. Yeah. Done deal. Cranes, manatees, shrikes. Done. Done. Burrowing owls. And burrowing owls. And burrowing owls. Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> so. <laughs> I like that. Is that the shrike? Yes. I have Whoa. actually never listened to their call really before, I don't think. Um, Honestly, I thought your computer was malfunctioning at first. It's great. Um, <laughs> yeah. Michelangelo, my parrot, would love that noise. Oh, he would. He would. He, he loves definitely things would. that sound like microwaves. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, can you take a guess about this little birdo? What do you think? Deep decline. Oh, oh, yes. yes sorry. Yes. I, that Absolutely. wasn't a good, yeah, that wasn't a descriptive I, segue. <laughs> uh, I thought we were on to a different bird, but yeah. yeah, I, I was doing a little, like very little bit of research when I was telling my coworkers about them and yeah, everything I read was not positive at all. Mm-hmm. So yeah, very so, sad. So, um, this says 76 pop percent population decline in wow. that time frame we discussed. Um, wow. And even like, so I'm currently reading um, what's called a Swoop County Almanac. And mm, it's by, okay. you would love it. It's by this yeah. um, soil and water guy who I think went from like state level all the way up to doing some work in the EPA. I'm reading the book. I should know the answer to this. Um, <laughs> but it's based in Virginia on the Shenandoah okay. River of watershed. Okay. And in Swope, I guess, right? Yeah, is in that, Swope. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. And because yeah. you're around there, you're familiar. I was going to say, that's actually really close to where I used to live when I lived in Stanton. Yes. Um, okay, cool. And it's kind of a love story because he marries a cattle farmer. And then he talks about, like, all the ways in which they've improved their land for wildlife. Oh, and cool. And he even talks about his loggerhead shrike sightings and, like, Aww. wanting to make sure their property stays suitable for them. Yeah. Um, so it's just a lovely oh, cool. book. Um, highly yeah. recommend readers, listeners, people here. Oh, um, <laughs> okay. Um, any other birds? What are we thinking of? Mm. Are there more sparrows in the list? Oh, I'm sure. I, I actually don't yeah. have an exhaustive list in front of me, but yeah. 
Um, one of my favorite names. So I've never seen this species. I'm like, someday I'm going to find you. Um, <laughs> that would be, um, this is actually in the cardinal family, but I think it's often mistaken. Like, right, if I go to my um, Sibley's, I feel like there is even a page in Sibley's that's like sparrow-like birds. I feel like hmm. this bird is on that page. Um, dick sissel. Oh, dick sissel. So dick sissels are grassland birdies. Uh -huh. um, they are not very common in Virginia, just period, right? Like they are a typically Midwest species, although we definitely hmm. have like the coast of North Carolina, Virginia, like the Delmarva Peninsula and all that jazz. Mm -hmm. There's definitely like spots where they have been shown to show up. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. um, but they're actually doing okay. So they are this, um, they're in the cardinal family. Um, so they have this really thick conical bill, um, mm -hmm. really gorgeous yellow breast and yellow, like um, yellowish white eye stripe, almost like that mm -hmm. little yellow cheek patch. Like they put yellow blush on and then a black bib. So, um, a very, very pretty bird. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they like seeds and stuff. And they sound like a bird. It does. It really, it's almost like tweet, tweet, tweet. <laughs> I know. I'm hearing like chirp, 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 chirp. Exactly. <laughs> like I'm hearing a little rhythm to it. Yeah. Um, so these are doing okay. They're actually at um, an overall 14% decline. So compared to okay. many of these other species we've talked about today, um, they're doing okay. So that's good. Um, yeah. I will shout out that the um, Eastern Meadowlark, which you described in a recent podcast, but do you want to describe them again? So this is a really beautiful bird. They're kind of big. I would say... Are they, are they a little bigger than a robin or maybe robin Oh, yeah, sized? I would say they're bigger than a robin, right? Like, in some yeah. in some images, like, I would almost think, like, J-sized. Right? Yeah. You know? And they have really long legs, which yes. is, like, when I saw it, like, that was the first thing that I, I was like, what is the thing that has the huge, like, very long legs and a very long beak? Yeah. Compared to, like, a lot of the birds that we see typically. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But it's, its back is... It's really gorgeous, but also kind of nondescript. It's like very speckled, brown, mm -hmm. black, white, kind of speckledy, yeah. and then its breast is very, very yellow with kind of like a black V shape on it. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah, really, really beautiful bird. And we should probably play this really, really awesome <gasps> bird's call. Yes, because it's wonderful. It's actually mm -hmm. one of my favorite. I need to make it a, yeah. a ringtone for sure. And I think they sound like they're saying, I am a meadowlark. And you said that recently on an episode. I sure I did. am a meadowlark. Um, and they look <laughs> very, very similar to the western meadowlark. Um, yeah. 
I wouldn't even pretend to say I'm expert enough to like want to talk about the differences in their yeah colorations. Like I'm pretty sure it has like something to do with the amount of yellow and the bib. And I'm just like, you know what? I haven't right. seen a Western meadowlark, <laughs> therefore yeah. I'm not going to dive into those differences. Right, um, right. But they have a cumulative decline of seventy five percent. Oh my gosh! I know makes my heart so sad yeah um and so you're right there are some other sparrows and then a lot of the concerns are in the midwest and those prairies like what we think of is yeah. like prairie land right like prairie right. chickens um mm-hmm. kestrels are considered grassland birds as well as barn owls okay yeah um so yeah. they prefer that type of habitat i was actually going to ask about uh, uh, about how we classified them because they're, you know, they don't nest on the ground, but they do use the spaces. They, they rely know? on the yeah. open fields for hunting. Right. So right. Unlike, yeah. um, Oh, like a Northern Harrier. Right. Which is also, thank you for mentioning that. Cause the Northern Harrier is also a species that would go into yeah. that, um, reliant on grassland. Um, let me yeah. look yeah. that one up so we can see. Oh my gosh. They are one of the coolest looking birds around, I think, personally. I agree, too. They are, oh my gosh, sorry, just even pulling up a picture of them. Their faces are like they have that like feathering that gives them that satellite looking face and makes them just look like even more fierce. They have that white rump and they're just awesome. Um, so these guys are actually doing okay. They've had a cumulative loss of 34%, um, which again, I'm just saying, I feel like it would be great if there was zero percentage of decline. Right. Um, but in comparison to those that are in the 70%, like those species, I'm like, we're at a risk of losing these beautiful creatures. Um, Yeah. And I would like us to not. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You're like, yes, that. Um, uh, agreed. <laughs> um, I don't think I actually had any other species really planned, but those were some particularly, you know, again, we live in Virginia. So kind of like really focusing on like ones that are fairly common in Virginia and that have had habitat loss yeah. in Virginia. Um, mm-hmm. but I would argue, please go, look Look locally at what you could be doing um, or what is around in your in your listening area, because this is yeah. not just a Virginia or North American phenomenon. This is no. an around the world phenomenon. <laughs> Real quick, I did pull up um, a study on residential lawns that was done by the National Science Foundation. Good for you. Um, And it was about how lawn care is contributing to a continental scale homogenization. Oh, make sure everyone knows what homogenization means. Yeah. So basically just kind of um, everything is kind of becoming the same, right? Right. So when you're homogenizing, you're making everything kind of equal, like the same. Mm -hmm. Um, And what it really means is that we're seeing a huge lack and decline of biodiversity. And so this was a long-term, a long-term study. And they looked at 
sites all over our country. So Phoenix, Baltimore, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Miami, Boston, and LA, just to kind of see what sites around the country are looking like. And they did find that it's, it's happening everywhere. It's not just like one part of the country. It's like all over. They also found that higher income houses had lawns with less biodiversity than lower income houses, which to me makes sense because I think, I think the whole reason we have lawns is because there was this idea back in like the 18th, 19th centuries that lawns Mm -hmm. make you look wealthy, you know? So if you have a nice lawn, it makes you have that feeling and that appearance that you have some kind of wealth. I feel like Um, I even learned that in anthropology, right? Like that we have as, um, as civilizations developed, like the wealthiest individuals would be at like the top of the hill and they'd have everything clear cut, right? Like that we've been doing this for centuries, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, I think it makes sense that to this day, people with higher incomes, and I'm not trying to generalize, but I think people with higher incomes have the capability to spend more of their time mm-hmm. and resources on making that perfect lawn, you know? And, and um, meeting a status quo. Right, right. Whereas yes. people with lower incomes, they don't have the resources to pour into that, you know? Yeah. So just kind of an interesting little tidbit there. Um, I was just going to say, I need to fact check this. I was going to say in your uh study that you found out. um, Yeah. Because this, although I want it to be legit, it's just like the carbon footprint of a lawn. Um, And I haven't been able to dive into like really like what are all your sources? But this Mm -hmm. suggests that like one hour of lawnmower use produces 11 times the emissions of driving the average new car for an hour. And I don't know if that is precise, but I have read stats that are similar to that, Mm -hmm. right? Um, They're not as clean, right? Like we actually have standards for cars, whereas with all this landscaping equipment, there are not these emission standards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would believe that. And so... Just kind of along the same lines, um, if you have the capability to leave some natural spaces in your yard, then please do that. Don't mow your grass super, super low. So if you have to mow, at least keeping your grass a little bit higher, I think is also better for biodiversity and the insects and, you know, um, kind of creating an ecosystem in your yard or not creating one leaving it alone and letting it function as it needs to. Yeah. And I mean, I would even take it a step further and be like, designate a portion, right? Like designate a section that is just like, I mean, and throw in some native wildflowers in there. If you're like concerned about it, not popping enough, um, throw in some native flowering plants and then admire its beauty. And I was just going to say along those same lines. So people love bird feeders, right? They love to feed birds, but you know, birds don't only eat seeds and nuts and berries and things. Birds also need insects. So by planting those wildflowers, like you're saying, you're providing food for the birds in your yard. So it's a different type of bird feeder, but flowers are important for insects uh and bugs and these are all things that birds need especially to feed their little fledglings feed their little fledglings and you don't have to bleach and disinfect those 
that type of bird feed. Um, right. And the containers, <laughs> right? Because if you yeah. have bird feeders, you should periodically be disinfecting them to stop the spread yeah. of pathogens. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I wanted to share. So I do hope that by the time I create a blog post for this episode, that I'll have had a chance mm-hmm. to interview um, a lovely girl. She's been doing barn owl and American kestrel banding for years, right? So she's been mm-hmm. helping band um, some grassland birds of prey. So again, they're using the habitat for foraging and not necessarily nesting on the ground um, and requiring that space to have their eggs. They just need to yeah. feed critters from it. Um, but she has a role with the Piedmont Environmental Council, and she mm-hmm. is the like grassland habitat mm-hmm. restoration coordinator. She'll tell me what her exact title is. Sorry. Um, (laughs) um, We'll set the record straight. Um, But we were talking because I actually like when I saw this and this was kind of early July ish. um, Yeah. She she with her expertise said, well, you know, when we are working with landowners with these various programs, these habitat programs, right? Often ones that come with like some sort of subsidy or thank you for doing this Mm -hmm. or whatever it is um, for participating in the land management program. Um, Generally July 15th is the date that Mm -hmm. they ask folks to wait to mow. Like usually that is enough time for species to get a brood or two in. Um, So she was at least really encouraging me. She was like, you know, Really, hopefully, those grasshopper sparrows and everyone else got at least one brood in. So hopefully yeah. that makes your heart feel better. I'm not sure because I think these folks were um, maybe mowing more frequently than yeah. than that. But um, so that's a consideration, right? Like you can yeah. always look up an, a mowing schedule. Um, you mm-hmm. could do what your dad did, right? Like, yeah. I, I've been wanting yeah. to. I have an idea, Courtney. Okay. We can quit our jobs. Okay. Um, Let's go. Annika, if you're listening, you can quit your job too. We're going to find money <laughs> for this. Um, yeah. Let's train dogs to just okay. sniff out grassland <gasps> bird nests and then we rope off where they're nesting. That's a great idea. We also have to train them to not eat the eggs. Exactly. But yes. <laughs> exactly. I, it must be able to be done. Yeah. Right. If if falconers can train their birds to just scare pigeons away but not eat the pigeons. Right, um, yeah. We can do this. We can do it. So Okay, that's let's my go. Great yeah, idea. I know I know someone I I think I told you before, I used to help with like um one of my coworkers trained some of his own dogs for like search and rescue operations and so I would help him with the training but he also (laughs) Um, um, please elaborate (laughs) on what you had to do for said training um I basically yeah I I wanted to sound cool but now I'm gonna be real about what I was doing I would go hide (laughs) in the woods (laughs) thank you I needed that and act like various different like ages of people and like types of people and things so sometimes I would be like a five-year-old kid who is afraid of dogs or I'm I don't know a a kid who gets way too excited around dogs or whatever so I would pretend to be like different types of people I really just lay in the woods and wait for a dog to come find me oh yep and yeah pretty much so I would wait for her to come find me and then um and then she would go get 
her owner and then they would come find me together. So it was pretty fun. But, um, one of the dogs that he trained, I think didn't actually end up working out for search and rescue. So he ended up training her to find like antlers in the woods. So just, yeah, just like as a hobby, like just for fun. So just saying, Mm -hmm. if you can do that, why not? Why Why not not train a dog to find little nest? I think we could do it. I also wanted to plug real quick. I just wanted to show you this cool book that I have. (gasps) So this is Piedmont Native Plants. Yay! And I can get you a copy if you want, April. It's really cool. So this is specifically for Virginia. But the cool thing about it, for each plant, it has basic information. But then it also has, like, what role this could play in an ecosystem. Okay, so, like, for example, um, viburnum dentatum. Mm -hmm. It tells you about, um, like, where not to plant it, um, where to plant it, but it also says host plant Baltimore checker spot caterpillars. So, like, it tells you what types of insects are going to be attracted to your plants. I want to buy this for all my... um be wet yes yes absolutely you should but and then some of the plants that have like nuts and berries it's like it'll attract these types of birds to your trees and it's just a really really cool book so highly recommend piedmont native plants love it love it oh that's awesome yeah that's awesome yeah um so all that to say mow your lawn a little less friends yeah and give these little birdos a chance and it's something like once again you probably never even thought of it because i think that's all it is like once you know that you could maybe change something that is not gonna drastically you know inconvenience you it's not going to cost you really any money um yeah you know um so and then and then it helps some native species survive yeah, helps some native species and keeps them around. Yeah. So that's my story. Save the grasshopper spoon. And all the other sweet little grassland birds. And all the yeah. other ones. Oh, I yeah. I almost forgot. I, I wanted us to wrap up, but then I remembered and I pulled up a picture and I was like, we can't not, not talk about this. Courtney, have you ever seen a horned lark? I have seen pictures of a horned lark. Oh, my gosh. Well, look up another picture right this second. Yeah. Um, on it. Because this is one of my favorite birds, right? <laughs> like, it literally yeah. has feather tufts that look like horns. and They do. They're and, so silly. And its little eye mask kind of turns into a mustache. Yeah. And it's like it's wearing a little black collar and it is just cute. I don't know. It is just cute. It is so, so cute. It really looks like somebody took a picture of a lark and then like just put little horns on, like oh, drew them on. It's great. They're so silly. It's great. So, so of silly. course, we have to listen to it. It also has a lot to say. It sounds like a bird again. I know. I'm like, I'm never going to remember chip, that. Chip, chip, chip. Um, luckily, they kind of like the way they fly around. It's fairly. And like they like to be when they're in grasses. And we usually get them. Um, I feel like I usually see them in the winter when things are uh-huh. less lush. Right. And they're foraging uh-huh. in yeah. um, kind of like the rose where 
things used mm-hmm. to be. Um, yeah, makes sense. So, um, and then I find them the most thin, and they are just gorgeous. Um, but they Aww. are cumulative decline of 71%. So, oh my gosh, wow. I know. So, we need to rally our lawns lushly to save the horned lark, the loggerhead shrike, the bobo link, the eastern meadowlark. Um, the grasshopper among others and more <laughs> yeah. and more. We yeah. Do this. Um, I always, I'm, and part of my job now is helping people get funding to put like environmentally friendly practices on their land. Mm-hmm. And if this is hopeful to you at all, I do have lots of requests for people putting meadows in where their yards used that to be. Is and I think that's so great. It brings yeah. me joy to hear you say that. Yeah. Like seriously. That is wonderful. Thank y'all for listening. I was very morose for many, many days um, (laughs) over over the loss of their little home. Um, Gosh, I don't necessarily have a game, and I don't know if we have time for this, Courtney. Um, But I was kind of just thinking we could do, like, off-the-clock debunking. Off-the-clock debunking, yeah. Off-the-clock debunking. do you have any off the top of your head or do you want me to do one to get it going? Okay. So the only one that I can like really think of off the top of my head is a time when I went to Tuckahoe Creek Park, which is a sweet little park around here. Um, Tuckahoe Creek is kind of a swampy area, Mm -hmm. but anyway, there's a boardwalk and I just like to go down there and like bird watch and take pictures and things. And these two little ladies came down And they were so sweet, but they had a bag of bread Mm -hmm. and they start like throwing chunks of bread in the water. And I was just like, oh, I really like, I am not prepared all the time. I am prepared because I did talk to them, but sometimes I just want to chill, you know, and I don't always feel like having a confrontation, (laughs) but I, I did go up to them and I was like, Hey, you know, bread is really bad for... Because they were feeding turtles, actually, yeah. which is interesting. Most people are feeding ducks, but mm-hmm. um, it's like, you know, bread is just not good for for critters. And they were like, really? I didn't know that, you know? Yeah. So I was very thankful that I had this confrontation, but they were so... They were like, oh, okay, like, I don't want to hurt anything. I'm glad you told me, you know? Well, that's so, wonderful. Gosh, yeah. it's way better than that time the lady... <laughs> was just like no god's watching over him it doesn't matter if i feed them doritos and i was just like (laughs) yeah that was an odd one that was an odd one i was like no god doesn't want you to feed them doritos either if he wanted that he would grow (laughs) doritos from the ground Um, (laughs) my friends and he sure did not he sure did not i've never seen a dorito plant Um, so weird um mine was i was out walking and there were some vultures perched and I overheard someone being like yeah I hit this vulture once um with my car and I think it must have been like sick or being weird or something because it was just soaring and it soared too low like why would it do that so it must have been sick so I put it out of its misery and I was like what I was like, like, I don't think she meant it. Like I purposely put it out of its misery, right, but she yeah. was like justifying. And I was just like, well, actually, um, uh, I just feel like you should know that it probably wasn't yeah. like, um, I was like vultures, 
soar, like, right? Like you said, yeah. and they use wind currents to save energy. And I was like, and sometimes they just fl- fly low because that is like the current they're on. And as much as cars have been around for a long time, I was like, they are, you know, still not the thing that a lot of animals yeah. are considering, right? Like they're not right. like, yeah. I, I shouldn't fly here. Right. And when they're on that current, I don't know. I feel like if you have observed enough vultures to be like, well, no, they're yeah. going where the wind's carrying them. Yeah. Um, so I feel like yours was way better, but mine, a debunking of guys, a, a vulture is not sick just because it's soaring low to the ground. Yeah. My darling friends. <laughs> um. Well, and I, I don't know, that made me think of, um, and I didn't even have the chance to like actually debunk this one person, but I was also at Tuckahoe Creek another day and I was walking down the boardwalk. This was like this past winter. I think I texted you this because I mm-hmm. thought it was really funny. But this woman like is like walking past me, like talking to her yeah. mom or something. And she's like, oh, snow geese. They must know it's going to snow tomorrow. Look at the snow geese. It reminds me of home. And I was like, I have so many questions. Like, <laughs> A, these are Canada geese. <laughs> like, <laughs> B... Where do you live that you have these and you think that they're snow geese? So much so that you said these remind you of home. Like, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) And what trend has ever allowed you to relate the arrival of snow geese with the arrival of snow? Or whatever you're seeing, right? Right. Like, because if every time Uh, I saw a goose, it snowed, (laughs) I would be... There'd be so much snow. There'd be so much snow. We wouldn't have a a climate warming problem if the the geese could just bring the snow. That's priceless. It really cracked me up. And like I said, I didn't... And gosh, I don't know if I would have taken that from her anyway. She was so happy about seeing, quote unquote, snow geese. Oh, man. But anyway... That's funny. You hear really funny things. Yeah. Oh, it that's was. great. That that <laughs> yeah. is priceless. Um, oh, I feel like my last debunking is from a long time ago, but I'm gonna share it and I'm gonna do better about writing some down because I think it's just great to make sure there yeah. are um, these questions. Um, someone once asked me if turtles or they didn't ask me, but they kind of were like, oh, isn't it sweet that turtles sit on their nests until they have? What? <laughs> I was like, when have you ever? When have you ever? Yeah, what are you talking this? about? <laughs> no, they bury their eggs, but then they'll bury themselves and sit underneath. And I was like, oh, false. <laughs> oh, I want to check this. Courtney, have you heard this? This is possibly, I haven't researched this, but I overheard someone say recently that all reptiles have venom. First of all, <laughs> anytime a statement starts with all, it's never right. <laughs> Ever. Um, that evolutionarily Ever. speaking, all have venom, but some are just so small amounts, like that it's, like, not potent. And that also made me think, so turtles, where are turtles? Turtles are so venomous. Where are they keeping their venom? I did it's not. It's in their shell, April. I, I did not um, address that one. I was like, I don't have it in me. See, I, I know. It sometimes me. it's like, 
I don't know where you heard this or why you think this is correct, but like, I need you to do some soul searching. It would be <laughs> find really answers to this. Interesting for an evolutionary biologist um, to tell us because I probably am not going to take the time anytime soon to like actually try yeah. to delve in to see the lineages of reptiles and yeah venom as a defense yeah or offense mm-hmm. like right for hunting or anything but i really yeah i was just like <laughs> <laughs> the little like dog hearing a noise like yes. uh, uh, like an uh, ear uh, literally uh, perked up yeah and i was just like oh okay um so that's <laughs> i had not heard that <laughs> I, I was unaware and it really made me reconsider i'm like so when i was working with sea turtles what did i make <laughs> um but yes and i think this goes great um if you have been too shy to tell us like a story of you experiencing or seeing a new animal or species for the first time Gosh, maybe you have um, an off-the-clock de- clock debunking yeah, story. Yeah, I'd love to hear we that. Would yeah, love that, too. Please yeah. send us your off-the-clock debunkings. Oh, that'd be great. Yes. I'm into it. Oh, amazing. Well, a mini-sode turned real. So <laughs> turn into a real episode. <laughs> a real episode. Um, <laughs> good time. Thank you all for listening. So much. Thank you. You have no we idea. We appreciate you. How much we yeah. like you. So don't forget to follow us on Instagram, all the critters Woo. pod. Mm-hmm. And oh. email us. And catching them all podcast at gmail.com. Lovely. Um, Twitter, CTA underscore pod. Woo. And woohoo. Um, so until next time, we hope that you have a great time catching them all and protecting them all. Peace out. Thanks for listening. And thanks to Grace and Harlow for our theme music. You can find us on Instagram at all the critters pod to see updates and pictures of our adventures. Each week, we'll donate a portion of our proceeds to an environmental charity. We'll put their information in the show notes. Now go catch and protect them all. Mm-hmm.